Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Tales from Darkmoon Vale, Hollow's Last Hope. Episode three, the one with the revengeance. Oh. <laughs> no, it's the I just want the revengeance. It's the fungus <laughs> dragon. There's the a fungus dragon. Uh, are you raiding from Metal Gear Solid? Oh, man. He was Metal pretty Gear awesome, Solid though. Revengeance. That was a good game. Well, we're going to kick things off with a brief recap, but then I think we've got some combat to get to. Long story short, uh, the party had ventured forth into Darkmoon Vale itself, and then you encountered a hobgoblin with a pair of Razor Crow companions. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. they were... <laughs> the Yes, that's uh, certainly one way to put it. Well, Rick won't let me put it other ways, so because we're family friendly. <laughs> It reminded me of, uh, was it, I think it was the Druid in Diablo 2 that you get those ravens that would just go around and peck your enemies while you're oh, running around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, that awesome. was amazing. That was like a <laughs> werewolf with some buddies. Anyway. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, I usually played a paladin for that one. <laughs> That's the say. paladin, yeah. Uh, <laughs> a Zill build paladin before they added the patch? My God. Oh, my anyway. God. Nope, it was anyway. either sorceress or barbarian, which I don't think surprises anybody. Nope. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. You defeated the hobgoblin, knocking him out of the tree, uh, slaying his uh, twin birds, and freeing the little firefoot fox. Yeah. Letting it go. This may be an after-party question, but uh, do those birds have names? They're not given names in the actual ah. description, so no, So he is a monster. He really is. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah he's bad. Bad boy. I just want to know if his name's Odin. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Ooh, yeah. No, don't give him that kind of respect. No, his name was <laughs> Kurg, actually. There you go. Oh, see. Kurg. Yeah, I don't. I don't know because in in most mythology, Odin's kind of a jerk. <laughs> so I mean, it is befitting. Most gods. This is true. Uh, but beyond that, uh, yeah, I believe Grim is the one who actually healed the Finnick. Uh, in addition, Estrella befriended it. So the party, of course, then oohed and awed and fussed over the animal like this, mm-hmm. like we always do in Find the Path. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're oh, not, we, not yes. consistent. You knew and what you we were getting into, Ross. <laughs> I did. And to be fair, the I fox is the closest it. to a feline canid. This is true. And then oh. we all healed. Well, and then Amaranth got healed. You know. True. Yep. It was fun. And then you continued onward, uh, sleeping for the night before pressing on the next morning to find yourself uh, deep in the heart of Darkmoon Vale and encountering what was probably the largest tree in the entire forest, or at least supposedly the oldest tree. You approached the tree. And down from it sprung a strange lizard-like creature with long wings and fungal growths and spores all over it. Uh, It had a greenish tint to it and looked not wholesome. It's a fungus dragon and we're all screwed. Looked a little (laughs) draconid. And I believe we'll pick up there with some initiatives. So if everyone in the party would like to go ahead and roll perception. Yeah. Well, Clove rolls a 10 for a 15 perception. Nice. Uh, Amaranth rolls a 19 for a 22. Dang. Wow. All right. Uh, Celestine. Celestine rolls an 8 for a 13. All righty. Estrella. Estrella rolls a 14 for a 20. 20. And finally, Grim. A 7 for an 11. 
I cannot do initiative, apparently, is my thing. (laughs) (laughs) He's never quite ready. I'd also recently learned that apparently, uh, from what I can tell, it looks like paladins have the worst perception skill of every class in second edition. Pretty much, yeah. You just have to wait for the rest of us to find the evil thing and send you charging at it. (laughs) It's very unfortunate since since motive is also under that, so apparently all paladins are slightly gullible. Look at that (laughs) evil over there. (laughs) What? My, my, what fine yet rustic architecture. (laughs) You notice the hut is made primarily out of wood. There you go. (laughs) At any rate... From there, then, let's go on ahead and get this party started. Amaranth, you have the first initiative as the creature starts barreling towards you, fluttering its... You're not sure if they're functional wings or not, judging by the look of them. It's either a fungus dragon or it's like a wormling dragon in a ghillie suit. Uh, yeah, this is. This is. Oh uh, my god, that would be amazing. I, I guess I'll recall knowledge and try to identify what this thing is. That's... What knowledge is that even nature i bet hoping it's nature it's arcana i'm in trouble what as in that means it would probably be a dragon oh never mind (laughs) (laughs) if it's nature then it's something that looks like a dragon he's in trouble because it's probably bad not because he can't know the things yes okay he's he's in trouble because he's also forgotten how to arcana (laughs) <laughs> when he forgot how to spell cast. Well, did you know I studied nothing but occultism in college? All right. So to recall knowledge on this particular creature, it is an arcana check. No! <laughs> no! Now, right, are we, we doing the thing where Jordan is just providing you the information? Because that is a secret check. Oh, crud. That is a secret check. Yes. Let's go ahead and do the thing. So, so what is your arcana? Uh, I have a seven arcana. Unless it's a magical item, then I have an eight. Well, I hate to break it to you, but this is not a magical item. Huh. I was really hoping for figurines of wondrous power. <laughs> Please be a construct. An illusion. I want it to be a baby dragon in a ghillie suit now, Rick. This is what you've done to me. <laughs> I, see, I you can know see what? the fan art incoming. I'm taking Druid at second level. I could have a baby dragon in a ghillie suit if it's really a lizard. Some little wings. <laughs> so yes. looking at the creature, you are honestly not sure. Oh. Okay, that's a problem. Just fireball it. Yeah, like I have. Don't that. burn the tree. Bear in mind that you can always try again with recall knowledge. Yeah. Not saying you should. I'm just saying you can try again. Also. Yeah, it is another action, but you may certainly do so. You just go there. It's like I swear to God, I know something about dragons. Yeah, okay, let me look and see if this... Pretty much every spell is two actions, so... Yeah, I know, I'm just trying to remember how this works. But yeah, oh, okay. otherwise, right. Amrith, uh, you're currently so... standing behind Grim, facing this thing. Well, that's slightly reassuring. As, as I gaze over Grim's head, uh, I will cast uh, Produce Flame. Very well. Yeah. Well? Uh, that's not too, too terrible. I roll a 12 for a uh, 19. 19 strikes your target. Yay! Dang it. Minimum damage. So uh, he takes five points of fire damage. You outstretch your hand as a bead of flame flows across the battlefield directly into the thing. It gets singed and burns and screeches with the damage as it takes a step back. You definitely heard it. I don't know exactly what this is, but it's flammable. Uh, so is the moss uh, that we're trying to um, collect? Yeah. Oh, we're point. in a forest. 
<laughs> it's only been a hundred years since I've been in a forest. What? Only clove can prevent you forest fires. Hold off on certain <laughs> spells, maybe. You're the strangest elf. <laughs> I, think, I think he was kidding. All right, Amaroth, is that a uh, two I'm action? I'm not sure with this guy. That is a two action, so I'm out of actions. Bump bump. Very well. In that case, let's go from Amaranth to Astraea. Well, it is exactly 25 feet to get up in its grill, so that is what I'm going to do. All right. Basically, so just move directly forward, forward like that? Yes. All right, and then I will attack with my rapier. Sounds good. I roll a nine for an 18. 18 strikes your target as well. Good. There's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> That is a d6 of damage. Or two points of damage. So it's, uh, I roll a 14 plus 9, which is a 23 minus 5. 18 again. 18 will still hit your target. Nice. Much better that time. Full damage. Six. Gotta love being first level and having three attacks. Mm Because occasionally you get them off. But Estrella, you bound forward, rushing ahead the charge. Stopping just short of the dragon before twirling, spinning, and stabbing. You poke a hole into it as blood spurts out between what you can now tell are definitely scales. At the very least, this thing has scales. Before turning around, stabbing up again. In this case, striking it on the leg, it staggers back. Once again, screeching horribly. So it's not intelligent? It doesn't seem to be, or at least it's not speaking. Oh, okay, because I was going to say, can we, like, reason with Anybody it? Anybody speak like, Not now, you stabbed it, it twice. Also true. <laughs> All right, from Estrella, let's go on ahead and get to Clove. Um, Clove is going to look around nervously and uh, see if she can identify what this lizard thing is. Okay. My arcana is a zero. <laughs> All right. right. There's still a chance, though. Yeah, I don't know. You actually know what this thing is. Hey. Beneath all of the fungus and gross and other terrible things, you think this thing's actually a river drake? Oh. Uh, They're actually weaker cousins to dragons and, in fact, are distantly related to black dragons from what you understand. Huh. In this case, the thing that you you remember most about river drakes is that they can spit acid. Um, it, um, it might spit acid, so, uh, watch out, I I guess. Um, and then I'll stride forward and strike it with my machete. Get angry, Clove, get angry. That's an action. Didn't have one spare. (laughs) So, Clove strides forward, taking a brief step to the left of Estrella, standing directly in front of the drake. She rolled terribly. She rolled a two. She gets a nine. With a nine, you do not hit your target. Fortuitously, you don't critical fail. Not that I think it makes much okay, of a difference good. at this point. It's a it's a drake. A river drake. We go to its turn. Hmm. Hmm. The creature hisses, rearing back, before spitting pretty much directly at Estrella. Oh, well, there, there that is. I'm oh, imagining lovely. it's that thing that spits tar or whatever uh, in Jurassic Park. Yeah. I mean, little neck frill pops it out. It has a cool frill. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's all fungal, though. It's like a neck frill of mushrooms. Um, <laughs> Move, stupid. A necklace of mushrooms. <laughs> no wonder you're extinct. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now see, that's uh, a quotable movie. As yep. I actually need Astrea and Clove to both make reflex saves. This okay. is a basic reflex save. I roll a 14 for a 19 on my reflex save. Very well. Astrea? I roll a 7 for a 16. Very well. Clove, you succeed. Astrea, unfortunately, you don't. Dang it. Oh, oh no. I didn't, I didn't roll great. So, Clove, you'll take half damage. Astrea takes the full damage. Okay. Let's see here. Okay, Astrea, you take seven. Clove, you take three. As acid pours over both of you. Ow. Yeah, that really burns. It then screeches before lashing out with its fangs. Mm. Astrea is the one that actually hurt it, so it's going to go for her. Clove starts to go pale. Uh-oh. That's <laughs> not a good sign. Either she's like angry or the blood loss. <laughs> I think it's not a good sign for the Drake, to be perfectly honest. Let's see here. Well, uh, oh dear. Oh no. 24 to hit Astrea. Oh yeah. Jeez. Does that succeed wow. by more than 10? No. I, I didn't think so, but I had to ask. Okay, good. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh. All right. Well. This is about to be real bad. <laughs> Astrea takes an additional eight points of damage as it chops oh, into her oof. shoulder. I got three hit points, guys. Yikes. Maybe in, move away. In my defense, I rolled really well for that attack. <laughs> uh, in your defense, you rolled well. I mean, I don't... I, I love the fact that Ross, the GM, has to apologize for murdering us, whereas Rick is just like, eh. Yeah. The dice did it, not me. I'm sorry. I call him like I see him. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing the same. It's just I also feel bad about it. Well, biologist. <laughs> Thanks for getting that reference, Ross. <laughs> okay, so we go from it, because that is its three actions, is it had to use two to spit up a bunch of mucus. Um, acidic mucus. Ew. It actually is mucusy. Kind of dangles off of you, like patches. I don't like this at all. No, it's not great, is it? We go to Celestine. Uh, Celestine is going to move 25 feet forward, so she's next to Astrea by the Drake. Okay. So you go around to the left side of the Drake, standing close to the large tree. As she moves forward, Grim, flank it with me. And then she will stab it until, well, you know, because Grim's not there yet. True. All right, so you can go on ahead and make an attack. Heather gambling uh, that it doesn't have attacks of opportunity. Yep. I roll a. <laughs> All of that is a gamble now. I roll a 16, which gets me a 23. 23 succeeds. Go on ahead and roll your damage. She does six points of damage. You stride forward, elven curve blade in hand, swinging down at the back of the drake. Bits of fungus and scale go flying back towards your face. That's gross. Yeah. I'm going to swing again. I was about to say, the Drake does still stand, though, so... I roll a 10, which only gets me a 13. This time, the Drake wheels its serpentine head around, battering this weapon out of the way, almost on pure instinct, you think. This thing is gross. It's real gross. Yeah. (laughs) Passing Estrella, I mean, you're taking care not to, like, slip in mucus, either. (laughs) Also, you notice the grass around it is sizzling somewhat, so that's probably fine. It's great. We're all good here. It's fine. We're fine. Grim, it's your turn. <laughs> Speaking of things being fine. Grim, 
barrels forward as fast as his dwarven legs can carry him, uh, moving 15 feet to behind Clove. You're supposed to flank. Wait He's for slow. it. He's <laughs> slow. Actually, he, move, you know, he moves the 15 feet up to there. He then extends a hand, lay on hands on Astrea as he moves forward, uh, since nice. apparently she's borderline dying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> teamwork first. Always teamwork. Thank so, you for like that. Uh, you know six, because I don't have to roll. Yeah. Uh, so that's my second action. That. And then being a teamwork person, I will move... 15 feet around to get into the uh, the flank opposite of the elf. Half elf, sorry. Not the elf. The elf is nowhere near the combat. <laughs> As he should be. <laughs> so save Amaranth so, is suddenly there's just a shadow that appears over Amaranth's head. As Grim runs around, he starts banging his hammer on his shield. Over here, lizard! <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a trick. Oh, well. <laughs> I apologize, Master Drake. If you will, please bring your attention to me. <laughs> Celestine bursts into giggles. <laughs> the Drake does actually cock its head in your direction. Whether it understood you somehow or just from the sheer amount of noise you're making, you're not certain. It almost seems to eye you an askance before we go to Amaranth. Okay, Amaranth switches tact, gestures a hand out. I cast Electric Arc, All so right. I need a reflex save from the Drake. The Drake will attempt it. Uh, not bad, but I don't know if this is going to work. It gets a 16. A 16, unfortunately, will fail. Ah, uh, not so. unfortunate. And that's five more points of electricity damage this time. The drake shudders as its scales sizzle, blood almost dissolving off of it as it evaporates. It still stands, though. This thing is tough. This thing's thing's got some hit points. Uh, Amaranth will then look around, realizing that everybody else is in the melee, and stride, uh, let's go about 20 feet up. 20? Yeah. (laughs) I'm not getting in the melee. (laughs) That is in melee. Well, not not exactly, but it's close. (laughs) Close enough. Seeing Amaranth move up, Grim's going to wave him back some. Uh, I will point out that that thing's breath weapon seemed to be a splash. Oh, fair. Yeah, so I guess I'll go <laughs> 15 feet then. Back, and hope. back. Casters on the back. Technically, you could do that oh, oh in the same move action. Just move forward 20 feet. Yes, exactly. He goes, like, back. Nope. he goes there and he's like, oh, nope. Okay. <laughs> and Amaranth, take Amaranth doesn't really have combat experience, you know? <laughs> Celestine makes eye contact with Grim over the Drake. Like, really? <laughs> this guy's weird. Grim just says the Picard face palm behind his shield. <laughs> <laughs> the closest combat experience Amaranth has is probably playing like Risk or something in the student union. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's how you lose all your friends. <laughs> or that one fun game they brought from Numeria with the Rock'em Sock'em robots. Oh, <laughs> I love that game. Oh. Oh, man. That's amazing. <laughs> Don't know what a robot is, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Amaranth, uh, you shock it and then uh, take a move to a uh, more tactical position before we go to Astrea. Astrea will continue her stabbing assault. Sounds like a plan to me. Go ahead and roll your attack. All right, that'll be a 19. 19 hits your target. For another six points of damage. Astrea is nothing if not consistent. You take a moment, probably feeling a little better after Grim at least healed the worst of your wounds. Um, I'm sure you're still not exactly feeling at your best. 
before stabbing up toward the creature's neck. You find a sweet spot between its scales right toward the base of its brain, striking in, removing your blade as the drake collapses to the ground. Huh. Oh, that was easier oh. than I anticipated. That was, um, really gross, though. Um, I really would like a shower. I, I, I don't have one. Well, I'm, I'm not actually expecting anyone to just pull a shower out. I'm just stating it for, oh. you know, yeah. Okay, um... I'm kind of sad. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have actually wanted to come up and attack it, but it it seemed to be ready to attack us. Yeah, it was it was not nice. I mean, it is the natural order of things. Well, but sometimes Drake's, they're they're I, smart enough that you can talk to them. I thought Drake's could talk. I didn't make the roll, so I don't know. Now, what kind of Drake did you say this was? Uh, it's like a river Drake. You said it's covered in, like, moss and fungus? Yes. And in fact, uh, if anybody wants to, they can go on ahead and make a nature or a medicine check, whichever one's better for you. I will make a nature check. My oh. nature is a four. Very well. My nature is also a four. My nature's a three. My nature is also a four. <laughs> wow. My nature is okay. a three. Okay. Okay. So... Astrea, Amaranth, and Celestine. The three of you recognize you you recognize what's going on with this. This is an advanced strain of black scour. It seems what? that this drake was being weakened by some sort of fungal disease, though this has progressed far more than it ever does on anybody in town. Because they usually oh. die before it gets this bad. This poor thing was probably in pain. Well then we did it a favor. What was wrong with it? It had black scour, but I've never seen anything this far gone. Well, I mean, a river drake's going to be much hardier than most of the people back in town. Maybe this is what happens if you survive long enough. Hmm. Um, where did it get black scour? Well, we believe that the disease is spreading through the water in town. But that was from the well. Well, if it's a river drake and maybe there's another source that's feeding into the well. Hmm. But... So if, mm. if the river that the Drake was from was contaminated, does that mean that the river is contaminated and people are still getting contaminated water? And so the plague's going to keep going? It's a larger free-flowing source of water. So it may dilute the contaminants a great deal more than the aquifer would. So perhaps that's where this issue comes from. It's flowing down from somewhere seeping into the ground and building up in the aquifer but if it's if this is a creature that literally breathes water uh, assuming i don't know anything pertaining towards river drakes uh, or at the very least is in the water all the time it may have simply absorbed it through its scales prolonged exposure perhaps it's definitely something to consider but it doesn't really affect our mission at the moment well we definitely need to find a cure if it's starting to infect things in the forest. We should burn this. Not to alarm anybody, but uh, it is unusual for diseases to be communicable across species, which means this is even more dangerous than we previously thought. This is a, well, like a fungal thing. It's, it's not a yeah. disease, it's a fungal infection. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Sorry, new to town. Didn't get the lowdown on the exact details. That's oh. fine. I'm trained in medicine. I'm not, and so... <laughs> anyway, though, like I said, it doesn't change the mission that we have right now, because if we can get everything we need and figure out a cure, 
then maybe we can figure out how to save animals in the forest as well. So the um, moss should well, be around here somewhere, right? It should be on this big tree, and I have a machete, so I'm going to look for the moss. Emereth, are you capable of um, summoning more fire? Oh, yes, as much as you need. When we're done finding the moss, you should burn this body. We want to make sure that no other scavengers or anything eat it, become infected, spread it further. Mm. All right. Just I can do that. Don't don't sniff the smoke. It might be bad. True. Fair point. Amaranth, like, reaches down, grabs his shirt, just kind of, like, gingerly slides it over his nose. Yeah, we'll search for some fungus. Yeah, finding the moss is exceptionally easy. It's growing pretty much all over the tree. I scrape it off with my machete. Very well. Uh, I will also allow everybody in... Uh, everybody in the group that's gathering moss to go in ahead and make a perception roll. Not 20 for a 25. Okay. Nice. Yeah. That's good, because I rolled a 5. Oh. I assume I I'm burning the body. A five. Very well. <laughs> I rolled a 6 for an adjusted 10. Alright. Yeah, I got, a, I got a 5 for an 11. 5 for an 11? I mean, okay. a 5 gets me a 10, so... Alright. So, basically, you're all gathering moss. When clove... You notice slightly up the tree. You're not sure how it happened, to be honest, but you do note remains of some sort of humanoid figure. In fact, a pair of them. They seem to be lashed up in the tree with maybe some sort of uh, crude rope or something along those lines. They're definitely long dead as they're actually skeletal at this point. Uh, that That's weird, right? And she points... Oh. Ooh. Oh. Well, that's definitely not normal. Should should I climb up there? Um, I took mountaineering classes during my time in the uh, with the defenders of Torax Forge. I'd probably be able to get up there rather easily. I'm a half-decent climber, too. I have an athletics uh, of six, if that helps. <laughs> so do I. Yeah. yeah. Mine's yeah. a five. Maybe relevant, but uh, does anybody... Oh, I don't know. Happen to um, know the proper rights to lay them to rest? I could pray to Magram and see if he could direct them. They aren't dwarves, but Magram works closer, closely with Phrasma. I mean, uh, we don't I know suppose what it'll are. have to do. They're just bones right now. Perhaps they are dwarves. Celestine's going to start shimmying up the tree. I mean, Volgram will let her go. Yeah, Clove's also yeah. fine with this. Go ahead and make me a quick athletics check, please. I roll a 15 for a 21. With a 21, you climb up the tree with no issue. Uh, you're able to retrieve... Uh, both bodies. If you wish, you can go ahead and make a... No, wait. It's going to be recall knowledge, so I have to roll it. But if you want to, you can make a medicine check to see what they... I do have a three in medicine. Okay. I'll go ahead and roll that real quick then. You're able to recognize... Uh, of course, you're not certain who they were. They're too far gone to actually be able to identify specifics. But you're fairly certain both were human, or at the very least, very near human. Human adjacent. Yes. Looks like they were probably human. Hmm. Why would they Do they have any there? belongings or anything that's survived however long they've been tied to this tree? I was actually just about to get to that. Yeah. Uh, they do have... Uh, each one of them has a backpack. It looks like the backpacks have mostly moldered and pretty much useless. But some of the stuff within those backpacks is still of you know some worth or value. So you find the following. A pair of crossbows... A pair of short swords. One of them is actually still wearing a mostly functional suit of hide armor. A composite short bow. 
Oh, how is that different from a normal short bow? It is propulsive. So it adds half your strength modifier to damage. I shall take this. Okay. A pack with somewhat dubious trail rations. You're probably not too willing to eat those. Even that. Yeah. <laughs> if, if it's been up there long enough for them to decompose, that's rotten. Yeah. It doesn't look rotten, but it is rock hard, and you have a feeling that it's probably not going to be good to eat. However, there is also a small coin pouch. Inside, you find nine silver pieces, 12 copper pieces, and a signet ring. Ooh, signet ring. Ooh. Hmm. The ring itself is worth a gold piece. The symbol on it is what looks to be a rearing griffin on a f- on a field of some sort. It's really, they probably didn't have it in color when they actually made the ring since, you know, made out of metal. But a rearing griffin with a, what appears to be a bolt of lightning uh, streaking forth from its outstretched talons. Do I, do I recognize this? It is a society check to recall knowledge. What is your society? Five. I also have lore falcons hollow of five if that is more pertinent. It is unfortunately not. Looking at this, glancing it aside, you're fairly certain this has come from maybe an offshoot of uh, the Jigare family from distant Chiliacs. Oh, wow. (laughs) Those Jigares, man. They get everywhere. (laughs) This is definitely not their main seal, but from what you understand, this is one of the ones that they've used over their however many centuries they've been around. So, uh, this is a crest from one of the offshoots of the Jagari family from Chiliax. Okay. Don't know why they're in a tree in our forest, but okay. But they were, they were tied, tied. Um, why would, why would they be tied? Because probably a punishment if they're tied or trying not to fall out. Yeah, were the were the knots for that over their chest, with their hands tied? So, from what you can tell, um, they were actually lashed to this tree. You guess um, somebody basically tied them down to the branch by their chest, like around their chest, basically. Oh no! Somebody definitely tied them to this tree. Mm. Strange. Why? I mean, have has anybody heard of anybody from the Jigari family in town? Uh, I mean, no. they've been out here long enough to be. You know, completely skeletalized. That's a long process. I mean, there's some old people in town. Maybe they know. <laughs> Everybody um, looks at Grim. I, uh, I mean, regardless, we <laughs> really need to no, move on. I've only been in town for perhaps six, seven years. Yeah, <laughs> but I you're guess old. We should take them with us. We should, at the very least, lower them down. We can give them a proper burial here. I mean, knowing okay. the consortium, them being from Chiliax, might be enough to tie them to a tree. It's pretty high mm-hmm. up. Oh, yeah, in Andorin, yes. <laughs> it's possible, but yeah, it's a lot of effort to go through to do that. Huh. Oh, well. I mean, I don't suppose that's a local ritual for um, execution. Clove gets you a wide-eyed look. No. It's mostly hanging. Or just oh. disappearing. Ah, okay. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's other places where that's more common. Yes. I think we should move on. This is turning very morbid. Uh-huh. We should uh-huh. retrieve the bodies first. Put them to rest. It'd be the proper thing to do. Well, I don't have any objection to that. Do you need help, Celestine, or do you have that? I've got it. They're just bones. Be gentle if you can. 
As there's like a crash of one of them. Just I'm falls. sure she that, tosses them over the edge. <laughs> I'm sure it's one of those when she starts to undo the rope, a bunch of it's just gonna fall I anyway. Mean, yeah, already the tendons are, and all that stuff are gone. Yeah, pieces <laughs> of them are already missing here and there, probably just from okay, the elements. Okay, yeah, grab around. the grab the other side of my blanket, and we'll just put them under this. Make a little tarp. <laughs> I mean, that's not we'll, a half bad idea. We'll yeah. Catch them as they fall. Yeah, you can make an impromptu, effectively stretcher. So anyway, we'll collect all of the bones. Yeah. Uh, Alas, poor you know. Yorick. Uh, I was just going to say, doing so t- is a process taking probably about half an hour to an hour, um, depending on how many people end up helping. But I assume most of the party is going to. Clove mostly just does deep breathing exercises and tries not to look at the dead bodies too much. Mm. Would I be able to count the time that I'm praying over these uh, unfortunate individuals as a uh, time that I'm refocusing? Absolutely. So about 10 minutes into that or so, you know, lay a hand on uh, Estrella's shoulder and heal her for another six. Oh, thank goodness. You did very well in the fight back there. Thanks. You said you have no professional training. Well, not exactly. I mean, I've, I've trained, just never officially. Oh, well, you did quite well. You have very good form. Thanks. Yeah, Grim will shovel out to shallow graves, place the bones in there, put the dirt back on top of them. I know no prayers to Phrasma, but may Magram, the Taskmaster, take the fragments of your soul and reforge them into something stronger. Go in peace. He pats the grave. That was quite nice. Chillaxians. They might be, you know, downstairs. Uh, Everyone deserves to go to their afterlife in one piece. That's kind of judgmental. Just because you're from Chillax doesn't mean you're evil. I mean, it's highly probable. (laughs) But I said not a guarantee. I suppose while that's all going around, Amaranth will actually, like, use his fire and everything to clear off, like, make a little fire line around Mm -hmm. this creature so that when he burns it, it doesn't cause a forest fire. I assume that was part of Elf Training 101. Clove can help by stacking some rocks. Sure, that'll help. Either Clove or Amaranth trained in survival? Yes, Yes, I am. Okay, yeah, you're able to make a fire break with no issue. Woo. Sweet. Fire break. That's what that's called. That's my special human skill. Yeah. Whatever. There we go. You take survival. Yeah. I figured I was like, we're going to be in the forest. I should probably know this also as an elf that's hundreds of years old. I think we all were like forest, survival, nature, check. Yeah. Like, I'm also <laughs> trained in survival. So I too am yeah. trained in survival. <laughs> also, yep, we're all trained in survival. Uh, I'm a rogue. I'm trained in almost everything. That's what the two E rogues are. <laughs> Skills. I, I know when you're mentioning all the equipment, you mentioned that there were crossbows. Were there bolts? There were no bolts. Or, or at the very least, um, no arrows either, unfortunately. Mm, I already no. had arrows because I had a short bow before. Oh, good for you. May I borrow your bow? Uh, okay. She hands you the bow. I'm guessing you mean her original short bow. Do, do you want the composite one or the other one? No, you seem rather fit. I think the composite bow will work well for you, but I don't think you would need to, and I'll hold on to this one. If you have an extra arrow or two to spare. I will give you ten arrows. Dang. I'm skilled with these crossbows as well, but we don't seem to have any ammunition for them. Mm-mm. Eh, bows are faster. We appear to be one-third of the way to our goal. There we go. Uh-huh. I found a lot of the moss and put it in um, the bag, so... Are we going to go to the, the witch's place or the uh, uh, the scary iron ruin place? Well, I think the witch's hut is supposed to be next on the the directionality that we're going. 
The tour <laughs> of Darkmoon Vale. Oh, yeah, okay. A three-item tour. Three <laughs> item. Oh, God. <laughs> it really is, though, isn't it? It is, yeah. All right. So, orienting yourself, I will need another survival check from the party. Oh, man. I roll a 15 for a 19 survival. Yikes, I roll a 3 for a 6. Nice. Rolled a 5 or a 9. Nice. Rolling bad. <laughs> uh, 11 for an adjusted 15. Okay. Uh, 12 for 15. All right. So despite Amaranth and Astraea, I guess, being more city dwellers than actual woods folk, uh, are they called woods folk? Honestly, I couldn't be certain. No, they are no, now. I mean, I mean, you can. <laughs> Amaranth has probably done more magic than he's done in like decades in the past couple of hours. So he's probably a little distracted. Pretty much. True. Astraea, I think, is possibly still wounded. So I'm say, only down one point now. Yeah. Okay. Not bad, but it still probably stings slightly. Still trying to scrub off a... Uh, it's a phlegm. Don't, don't remind me. Phlegm. Yeah. Don't remind me. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, create water is a first level spell now. Well, uh, we can't bathe in the river because it <laughs> which could be contaminated. Is disappointing. <laughs> nah. The river's a ways off from this part of the forest anyway, so you'd have to travel far out of your way to actually get to it. Nope, contaminated. Yeah, we're not sure about that river anymore. <laughs> yeah. I will drink nothing but rainwater. Actually, but, we'll need to get water at some point. Acid, yeah. right? True, you will. <laughs> oh, man, this turned into Fern wow. Kelly. <laughs> Jeez. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you, Tim Curry, for that. Tell, telling you, we see some sprites and a bat. We're running. Chucks well, there's like know. all sorts of gross stuff happening in the woods. I don't know. Uh, I mean, there is a lumber consortium, yeah, so you know see? they'd be cutting down the forest. Uh-huh. Oh man, so we got to find some fairies to help us out. <laughs> Hopefully, the good kind, not the bad kind. <laughs> and a bat named, uh, voiced by mm. Rob Williams. Yes, when I'm fairies. a druid, I'll take a bat, and then we'll have batty. There you go. There are tons of fairies. Let's, yes. <laughs> no, thank you. But let's, uh, let's just wander off into the woods and find a witch first. So that sounds like it <laughs> yeah. should be safe. Hansel and Gretel style. Wear them breadcrumbs. Well, you're off to see the, the witch. The house is made of gingerbread. I'm out. This is one half Fern Gully, one half Blair Witch Project. True. <laughs> <laughs> Although Hazel's mm. not a child anymore, so technically a gingerbread witch would be okay. Yeah, that's true. That's She's true. barely an adult. The fact that that's an actual archetype in 1E e is amazing. Yes. <laughs> but uh, fortuitously, Grim, Clove, and Celestine are all able to lead you in the proper direction. Once again, this area of the woods is dense. It's difficult to find any sort of actual shortcut, but at the very least, you're able to pick a path that generally leads you in the direction you want to go. I cut with my machete. Very helpful as bits of brush and brush smaller limbs and such go flying out of the way, basically creating a trail for everyone else. Except Grim and Australia don't necessarily need it as they, you know, just kind of hunker underneath most of it. I spent a hundred years as a scout through the woods. Okay. Actually, I was a scout pretty much anywhere. I didn't, yeah. I didn't think dwarves did trees. You may notice oftentimes that uh, mountains are surrounded by trees. <laughs> Sometimes the trees mostly, even encroach know, upon the mountains. In the mountains. Actually, that was mostly a joke. I, I did help escort pilgrims and such to the forge of Torag. Torag's forge is located in High Helm, which is where I spent most of my time in education and training with the defenders of Torag. But I did need, do scouting. So Torag needs defenders? The people need defending. Ah. 
Every dwarf is taught to be self-sufficient, but every dwarf is also taught that the community will take care of the individual. It is important that everyone knows. Someone should tell that to Falcon's Hollow. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, me. I've been trying. Unfortunately, uh, their faith in the Forge Father is somewhat lacking. Their faith in anything but coin is somewhat lacking. It's true. I'm sure Abadar runs rampant. <laughs> I was going to say, there's a deity for that. Hey, Abadar, Abadar is a friend to Torak, though. Lady Gensar's nice. She's she's Iomade, um follower. Yeah, and the Consortium doesn't want her Torek. in town. Yeah. Anyway. When the time came for the, the dwarves to march alongside Iomade, the dwarves of Kragadon answered the call. So we have a long-standing friendship between our deities. Now, assuming that you follow Iomade. Uh-huh. I point at my necklace. Uh, I was supposed to say, at the very least, I think Clove has a rather prominent, yeah. She's a skilled and capable warrior and tactician. And it's only unfortunate that more people don't follow in her example. Hmm. Well, this got heavy. The witch is that way. <laughs> I'm a dwarf. Everything's heavy. <laughs> That's my secret. <laughs> That's my secret. I'm always heavy. <laughs> how, is, um, how is Reggie doing? Amaranth digs around in his like hood of his uh, cloak, pulls out Reggie. Reggie squeaks. Mm, nope, still a regular animal, I'm afraid. Oh. Poor Reggie. Reggie squeaks. Why is that a bad thing? Why, why is that bad? She's still cute. Well, yes, but she gets all kinds of interesting powers once she becomes a familiar of mine. Reggie snuggles so, your neck. What do you like have to do to make to her to familiar? Oh, keep investing more magical power into her over a period Considering of time. Considering you haven't cast magic until yesterday for like, you know, 50 years, <laughs> maybe that's why she's still a squirrel. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. How long have you been trying this? Is this a really old squirrel? <laughs> <laughs> you suddenly notice that this squirrel is like on death's door. This is I mean, actually Reggie the Ninth, I'm sorry to say. How many, oh God, how many generations God. of rodent are we talking about here? <laughs> Is this a random it. one, or have you been breeding them for genetically engineering the perfect familiar? <laughs> I've engineered the perfect familiar. It's, it's a like side hustle. People that go crazy with Pokemon breeding to get the perfect Pokemon. Oh, oh God, no, the like, right. he's the pet vendor that's been breeding. <laughs> if you don't want it, can you turn it into candy? Oh, God. Oh, God. So dark. No. Oh, that's such a horrible thing to say. We're moving on. <laughs> Reggie squeaks in defiance. I'm not entirely positive that that's a Pokemon reference, but I think it is. It is it's a Pokemon reference. It's a horrible rumor that people started about. It's just it. for yeah. Pokemon Go. Yeah, it's not actually a thing, yeah. but like okay. that's basically what everyone says because it's well, supposedly yeah, because funny. you give him the Pokemon and he gives you candy. And so we're giving him hundreds is. of them. There's, where is he storing all these Pokemon? And they're Pokemon specific candy. And it's specific uh. candy. But uh, oh. but I, I suppose he would he would just turn to you and, and, and actually like in serious be like, oh, I mean, about five years, but I've never tried this before. So I don't actually know how long it takes. What is the average lifespan of these rodents? Couldn't say. Can I know the answer to this? I want to know the answer to this. <laughs> I have a four nature, Ross. Roll my check for me, Ross. <laughs> Secretly, it's an undead flying squirrel. Well, it's already kind of a familiar. So it started longevity. So... I'm probably not going to like the answer. Well, I'm ready fact, for the answer. <laughs> Clove, you recall that sugar gliders, because this is a sugar glider, correct? Yes. Okay. 
Sugar gliders, on average, are live to be about 12 to 15 years old. Yay! There's still time! Oh, they, they live for like 12 or 15 years. Oh, that's so short. That's horribly short. Oh, poor Reggie. Well, if, if, well, if it turns familiar. into a familiar, though, doesn't that mean that it lives as long as you? I hope so. Yes, barring uh, unnatural death. Well, you better. Are you going to try and kill your squirrel? (laughs) (laughs) No, but at the rate we're going, something will. Again? I I will protect your squirrel with my life. I appreciate that, Clove. Okay. I respect that you found family wherever you can. So, did they like let you out of Keonan, or did you just, you know, (laughs) lose your way and now you're out in the world? Oh, yes, no. I've, uh, I actually have taught in Keonan, Absalom, various places within Taldor. I did a brief sabbatical slash exchange program in the Mwangi Expanse. So I've a little, been a little bit all over. But you do get bored after a certain amount of time being in one place. So I like to move every, oh, I don't know, 10, 25 years. I'm 15. He's had at least six retirement parties. <laughs> <laughs> he does it for the retirement party. <laughs> I love that cake. It's great. <laughs> There's punch. It's, it's, it's a also a chance wash. for him to go collect new clothing. <laughs> so you can put on different styles. But he just... You just seem like you wander and end up places. I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I've thought about leaving the the town, so... Do you not have any family? Oh, no, my parents are still alive in Keonan. They uh, are very, uh, well, I would say well-respected magical scholars. But they only entreat with the elves. So they don't really interact with other people. It's unfortunate. Mm, it's a little bit... Mm, to them, it's more peaceful. You're also short-lived, no offense, but it's hard losing friends. You don't ever really get used to it. Everybody dies. I mean, dies. Grim's old. <laughs> That's actually pretty accurate, but... <laughs> Although that, again, it's an outlook that I can understand. I've spent most of my life living amongst dwarves, and so seeing the rate that the, the humans that live around the mountain live, grow old, it's impressive, actually. The amount of, of life and experience and activity and love that humans manage to compact into such a short period of time. I sometimes think that there is much, at the very least, of industry that our people could learn from one another. Well, I've only lived for 15 years, but everyone I loved is dead. So sometimes it's not about how long you live, but about how a well. statement. Well, no, people die and it sucks. And it doesn't matter if they die from old age or from some disease or whatever. It sucks to lose people that you love. Mm. That is very true. Can we go find the witch now? Because this is sad. I don't like to feel sad. Then you shouldn't be living in Falcon's Hollow. Well, I didn't get a Should choice. Should I tell That's you a story born. then? Is it sad? I have an amusing story about how Bolka, Torak's daughter, tricked her suitors into fighting one another until she eventually didn't have to marry any of them. Oh, I like that. It's rather amusing. That's good. That's a good story. Yeah, he'll <laughs> tell you all about the golden gift and uh, the story of Bolka and her suitors. Nice. As we march through the forest. Thinking about somewhat sad morose, things. Yeah, somewhat morosely. <laughs> Haphazardly. Yeah. This, this is a sad. fun, happy story. <laughs> <laughs> But we're all silently thinking about our sad things. (laughs) And then before they realized it, they were all chained together. (laughs) 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 And then we around the corner. There's a horrifying witch's hut. (laughs) (laughs) What a segue. You wonder, you know, no, you, uh, you march several, several miles through the forest. 
um, you actually have a very clear direction and make your way at the very least at the amount of time you expect it would take. You make the six mile walk in about hmm, only a couple of hours, really. Um, it doesn't take too exceptionally long to get near where you believe the hut is. A long walk is made faster with good friends. That is very true. Do we know if the witch is alive, or do we just know that there's a witch's hut out here? Actually, do we know anything about this witch? Is she <laughs> nice? Uh, Can yeah. we just like be like, hey, witch, Can we need to purchase a an item. Is, is this you Galinda good witch the good or witch or, or Alpha by the bad so, witch? <laughs> in this case, um, Clove, you know the most about her, because oh. supposedly this is the person who gifted uh, Laurel's grandmother with the book. Oh, but isn't Laurel like really old? Laurel's about maybe 35 or so. But she's just old compared to me. Yeah. God, she's so ancient. (laughs) She's twice as old as me. That's forever away. (laughs) Um, I'm already there. You're already there, Heather. Shut up. You just need a hut with chicken legs. Anyway. <laughs> I want a hut with chicken legs, okay? I want a hut with chicken legs so bad. I want to play a witch with a hut. Come on. Anyway. Come on, Paizo. Why is that not an archetype? What Laurel was able to tell you is that uh, Ulametsa was considered a wise woman and a practitioner of the old ways, though oftentimes she was also blamed on any number of various ills that befall the community of Falcon's Hollow. But from what you understand, this was over a century ago. So, Ulametsa is the person who gave Laurel's grandma the book that has all the recipes in it, and she is like a she was like a wise woman, and um, she should be nice. But I think she might also be dead because that was like a long time ago, and she probably doesn't like the town because the town always blamed bad stuff on her because she was like a lady that lived in the woods and like had magic or whatever. And so we need to approach very carefully and diplomatically. Well, if she's even alive, because it's been a long time and I don't think that she was, I think she was just a lady. I think she was just a person, like a human. So I was about um, to say we are both people. Right. So we could be coming up on a haunted witch's hut. Oh, yeah, I guess that wouldn't be a thing. Was she a witch, or is that just the rumors around town? Did she practice some form of arcane or occult magic, or was she a herbalist and just mislabeled? Uh, I think she was just an herbalist, but I don't really know. Oh, well. She was just like a wise woman who made, like, remedies and stuff. I say, everyone, put your weapons away and we approach this diplomatically, then. Perhaps she's just misunderstood. Well, if she's still alive, then I don't know what she's going to be like. No. A half-elf. Well, she could be like an elf or something, but I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. If she's alive, she's a half-elf. There's no other option. (laughs) Thog half-orc, too. Other half also orc. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're a thog. Anyway, after a while, you approach what appears to be a perfectly circular glade. This clearing is almost eerily silent as you step into it. Oh gosh, fairies. There are stands of pine, ellen, and even darkwood trees all throughout here, but they almost all seem to start twisting away from the clearing, as if they're somehow trying to escape the center of it. 
That's not good. Are there mushrooms mm. in a circle? Because I'm not stepping in no fairy ring. You see no mushrooms. Though, admittedly, they could have made the ring out of the trees themselves, in which case you're already in here and it's too late. Uh, <laughs> Clove does pull her machete because this is weird and scary. We should keep our weapons away just in case. But the trees are trying to escape from the circle. Oh. Hmm. Well, I mean, they could have been uh, encouraged to grow that way. Is there something magical that makes it do that or, or natural? I I'm sorry, did I miss it as part of the description or is there a hut here? Yeah, There's there not. is. I was I was going to get to right. it. I just had... Oh, sorry. Sorry, yes. Um, in the center of this stands a small... Honestly, calling it a cottage is probably giving it too much credit. It is primarily a hut composed entirely out of twigs, shoots, and ivy stacked upon mud walls. The thatched roof dangles uh, with bundles of gnarled roots and old dried beast carcasses. A number of knucklebone bangles dangle from the thatched roof, clattering together like gruesome wind chimes. In addition, you see a number of small thatched fetishes, each shaped like a tiny man or imp, or in one case, a rearing serpent that stand propped up in the yard here. Keeping oh my gosh, guard we found before, the witch from Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> keeping guard before what appears to just be a simple group of rickety planks lashed together to form some sort of rudimentary door. Mm. Grim, uh, Grim touches one of the stones on his necklace. Grundamar, peacemaker. Lead my words. Grim will step out into the clearing. Hello. I mean, Celestine, after you call out, nothing responds. Or if it does, it's so inaudible that you can't hear it. I told you she's probably not alive. It's still rude to just, like, barge in. Well, you gotta knock on the door. Excuse me, Ulametsa. I'm Volgrim Mansoir. These are my friends. We've come to seek your wisdom and experience. I will be approaching your house now. I walk forward with my hands like held out to my sides. There is no answer from within. Clove will walk after you. I mean, it's possible yeah. she's not home. Well, I'll follow along. Very well. You approach the front door of the house. Once again, the knuckle bones clacking every so often with every sort of breath of the wind. Honestly, as you approach the hut, cottage, whatever you want to call it, despite the fact that it is still effectively mid-afternoon at this point, you feel unnerved approaching it. Like, maybe you're just not supposed to be here. I'll, uh, I'll blast off a detect magic. Is there any magic in any of these fetishes or anything? Detecting magic upon the fetishes... There's no magic here. It's either ghosts or fae. Well, good news. There's no magic here. Well, so she's an elderly woman living alone, so we should check up on her. Yeah, best uh-huh. not jump to conclusions. I'll knock on the door if I can get up to the porch, yeah. Yeah, nothing stops you as you approach the porch, or really just more the dirt pile in front of the front door. You knock on it. After waiting for several moments, there's still no response from anybody inside. I'm coming in to check on you. Don't be alarmed. If there's any kind of window or anything, or is it just walls? It is just walls, though you do note that most huts of this design would probably have a 
a cutout section at the top. So if somebody were to cook, the smoke can escape. Yeah. So if you want to climb up there, you could potentially look in from yeah, up top. Yeah, I'm not going to climb up on the probably crazy fey lady's house. So uh, <laughs> Why not? It's perfectly undead safe. Undead fey lady. Uh-huh. Clove feels very scared and mostly just stays quiet. Everyone keep an eye out on the surrounding woods. How big are some of these fetishes that are set up in the yard? Most of them are small, at least slightly shorter than Australia in most cases. The serpent is longer, actually standing slightly above Grim's own height. But none of them are particularly large. Hmm. Well, the wizard said they weren't magical, so. Yeah. Celestine is so resisting the urge to do the like poke somebody in the side thing, while everybody is all like tense. <laughs> <laughs> Did you feel like losing fire. a finger? It's a good <laughs> way to get a barbarian to rage. <laughs> That's why I said resisting. <laughs> Grim will open the front door, looking in with his uh. This keen dwarven dark vision. You go to open the door, and it does not budge from its position. You see no lock or anything like that. I mean, this is really just a simple slat with a rope poked through it so you can open it. Uh, I think this is either warped or maybe jammed. If we were going to break in anyway, there's probably a hole on the roof for smoke. I can go stick my head in. Well, I think we need to make sure that she's not... well alive before we'd really be going breaking and entering some poor woman's house, right? I, I think the opportune phrase would have been, we need to make sure she's not dead. <laughs> I can climb up top and check through the hole. Uh, you're much lighter than I am and this does not look like a particularly well-built structure, so if either of the two of you... If we're worried about the structural integrity, then Estrella should go. Yeah, I don't think it'll give under me. Ah, well, here. Yeah, he he leans down, like hooks his fingers to kind of boost you up onto the roof. She accepts the help and jumps on up. Can I make an acrobatics, though, instead of an athletics? (laughs) It's uh, it's climbing. Yeah, it's athletics to climb. Or plus three. Mm -hmm. That would be a 17 for 20. Okay. You're able to climb up without any issue. Grim giving you a boost. You stand upon the roof... It's not giving. I mean, it creaks somewhat ominously, but after standing still for a moment, it settles. It seems to accept your weight. I move forward and look down the smoke hole. Very well. Moving forward, looking into the hole at the top. Pennywise, the clown, jumps out and eats your face. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) He says he's got all sorts of cures down there. Uh, (laughs) You'll float, too. Uh -uh. You'll float, too. You'll float, too. <laughs> oh no, I don't want to float. Taking a look down, first of all, you can see the door and see the obstruction. It appears that there is somebody pushed either a drawer or a chest or something up against the door, though it's largely rotted. Um, you should be able to batter it aside without too much problem. Otherwise, inside the cottage, you notice primarily a number of shelves, um, each stacked with all sorts of different ingredients for gods know what. I don't know if you have crafting. I do have crafting. Oh, okay. If you're trained in crafting, you can recognize at least some of them as moldering remains of roots that can be used for alchemical cures. Hmm. Interesting. But taking a look around, the smell here, first of all, is awful. It smells like things have been rotting just sort of steadily in this cabin for a considerable amount of time. 
You notice, other than the shelves, three major things. The first is that there seems to be what remains of a straw sleeping mat tucked away in a corner opposite the door. It's largely dried out terribly and most of it's rotted at this point. The second thing you note is a large cauldron in the middle made primarily of iron. It's rusting and otherwise looks like it hasn't been used in a considerable amount of time. The third is a figure covered in, you think, burial linens? Bits of mushroom and other fungi almost seem to jut out from between the bits of linen that you can see from up here. The figure does not move or notice your presence, though its head is completely wrapped up by linens. Uh, well, I'm pretty sure Clove was right. There's a there's a body in here wrapped in linens. Judging by the amount of things growing on it, I I think she's been there a while. Wrapped in linens. Yeah, it looks does like it burial look like, linens. Does it look like black scour? I can't really tell from up here. Um, there's a there's a cauldron in the middle, but it doesn't look like it's been used in a long time. There's a chest of drawers that's uh, that's blocking the doorway. Are there other exits from it, from the room? No, I don't see any other way in. So did she lock herself in when she got sick or old and just sat down and died? In her locked own herself burial in sh- and wrapped herself in linen? Yeah, I don't know how she would have wrapped her head. She must have used, she barricaded the door to keep something out. Yeah, something's fishy. Or There's- something else barricaded the door. To, le- to make sure nobody else got in and disturbed her makeshift tomb. Do you see any signs of something crawling out through the uh, the smoke hole? Taking a look around up on the roof, you don't notice anything that you can make a perception check if you wish. There's also all sorts of magic people could use to get in and out of a place undetected. Roll a 14 for a 20. With a 20 taking a look around, really the main thing you note about both the roof and the interior is that The roof doesn't look like it's been disturbed in a considerable amount of time. It hasn't been repaired in a considerable amount of time either. You honestly don't think anybody heavier than yourself could feasibly stand up here. The second thing you note is that everything inside of the hut is covered in dust. I don't know. I doubt anything bigger than me could really come up here without it caving in. And Like I said, it doesn't look like anything's been over here in a long time. There's a... There's a thick layer of dust on everything, as far as well, I can tell. Well, Laurel I... said that the roots would be inside of her hut. We're going to have to get in there some way or another. And Would you be just... able to drop down and let us in? Um, Drop down? Yes. Not sure I could move the chest of drawers by myself. I could just try to break the door open. I'm well, pretty strong. If this is her tomb, final resting place... We also haven't made a great deal of noise, but hammering down a door, if whatever is responsible for this is nearby, will draw its attention. We may wish to do this quietly. Well, on the plus side, though, this area is cleared out, so we would be able to see them coming, hopefully. I mean, I, I do see some roots and jars uh, on the shelves, so mm. I think it's worth coming in. I'm just worried about going in by myself. I mean, I'm not afraid to jump down there, but if I can't move the chest of drawers and then she wakes up, I that doesn't sound good. You're afraid of the undead lady. All right, well, before we try that, then let's just... I'll put my shoulder against the door and see if I can't just shove it open instead of having to batter this down. 
I was gonna shove. I have an 18 strength. <laughs> hmm. It is an athletics check to force open. Okay, I also have Oh, even that. better. Yeah. I get a perfect 20 That's for a 24. 25. <laughs> I get an 18 wow. for a 24. <laughs> nice. Very well. And the tiny little barbarian is there for the win. I am strong. In this case, Grim, you start pushing and getting to it with a sort of just slow and steady wins the race mentality of just continuing to apply pressure. Clove, you walk up to it and just sort of shoulder it. The, despite the fact that what it clove's also fairly tiny from my what I recall, right? Uh, clove is she's like five seven. Okay, okay, she's not that small. So clove, you just sort of hunker down, shoulder it as it just so sort so of she's got a foot and a half open, on me. So wood and <laughs> splinters flying everywhere. Hmm. All right, it's open. Well, doors broke. <laughs> okay, yeah, I can see from up here. Uh, yeah, nothing immediately seems to move or shudder or screech or anything bad. Sorry, creepy witch lady. Please don't get up and try to eat us. Clove takes a deep breath to, like, calm herself and then goes to look for these, uh, this rat tail root that they're supposed to find. Not tail root. Okay. It's also called rat tail root. Uh, Grim will step back out to help, uh, uh, Estrella back down from the roof. Okay. I'm just gonna stay up here and then I'll drop down in case if y'all if y'all need me. Do you have a bow or anything? I do. And keep an eye on the surrounding. I can do that. Line. Celestine's also gonna stay outside. One that shack is tiny and kind of creepy, and you know, vengeful spirits and all that jazz. Uh, and you know, outside is open, and outside, <laughs> and doesn't have the feeling of go away. <laughs> well, Clove looks for the roots. I'm gonna go and uh, inspect the the body. Okay. So, Clove, I will need a perception check. As you take a look around the various shelves here, I will need uh, a medicine check from Grim. Okay. All right. Clove, Rosa 12 for a 17 perception. Okay. Uh, Grim gets a 14 for an 18. Okay. Clove, taking a look over at the bottom shelf, you find a simple jar it is caked with dust, but you can still see in a scrawled hand on a label, rat tail. Ah, found it. It doesn't seem to be literal rat's tails, so you're assuming in that the root inside is rat tail. Is there anything else that looks like it's still good that might help the town? Uh, we'll get to that in a moment. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. The zombie the has first. to try to eat us first. <laughs> Grim, with your medicine check... You reach out, I assume with a prayer, probably. Yeah, does it look like, I mean, is there obvious signs of injury or does she just look like she laid down here? So, taking a look, gingerly moving some of the linen wrappings in an attempt to figure out what happened, or at the very least moving her enough to get a good look, the head rolls off ah! until you realize that inside of the linen wrappings is actually an extraordinarily large turnip that is mostly rotted. <laughs> oh no, she the ambushing us. The turnip explodes um, more or less from the impact as flies and maggots go flying everywhere. You guess they were eating the interior of this turnip. Ooh. Ooh, the smell gross. is awful. <gasps> is that her head? No, no. 
She pulled a Ferris Bueller on us. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic maneuver. No. Uh, it's, it's a turn up, it appears. She Wait, so that's not her. Position this or Chloe fix jumped. this? Chloe uh, jumped so much she almost dropped the jar and then had to catch it again. <laughs> so then, where is she? Well, well not here, here or, it doesn't look you like know, she's been here in some time. I need a perception check from the party. No. Oh. As oh we roll for initiative. Wow! <laughs> I rolled oh, so poorly. Now I'm turning it around. All right. All right. I rolled poorly also, so this is going to be fun. Yeah, I didn't yeah, roll great, but I am on the roof, so I'm going to say that's my excuse. I rolled an eight for a 13. Okay. Mm. Clove, I'm sorry. What did you get? Clove rolled an eight for a 13. Okay. Amaranth. I have rolled a five for an eight. Amaranth is not ready. No. Are you inside or outside? Uh, outside. Okay. I, I, I wasn't going to get anything near anything that has fungus on it. There. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds fair to me. The wizard uh, knows so good with constitution. <laughs> Celestine. Celestine rolls a 15 for a 20. Okay. She was ready for the undead ambush. <laughs> Astrea. Astrea rolled an 8 for a 14. 14. Grim. Be a 17 for a 21. Nice. The old training's coming back. <laughs> Everything's coming up grim. Yep. <laughs> it is, actually. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. It's true. So, Grim would be the first to notice, though all of the party notices that, well, as the turnip drops, as the flies explode out of it, um, as Grim sits there looking at a group of sticks and twigs and bits of mud that have been lashed together to form a sort of humanoid shape. Yep. The cauldron in the middle shakes and <gasps> rattles and Animated begins cauldron? lashing out at Grim and Clove. What? Grim, you have first initiative. All right. I suppose Grim spins on the spot. Well, this just got interesting. Gets up from, I imagine he was down on one knee, so springs up, training kicking in as one action pulls his shield, one action pulls his hammer, and reflexively just swings at this thing like a giant gong. Nice. Bow, wow, 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 wow. Roll your attack roll. Ah, oh, jeez. There's the other side of the spectrum. That'd be a natural one, so oh. a failure. Oh, no. He springs up too fast and like, oh, oh my, no, knee. my hip. Oh, my back. <laughs> oh. Your knee, back, and hip all hate you. <laughs> <laughs> all my old war injuries are coming back. But yeah, your hammer clangs into it, but you don't think you really did so much as even dent it as it just sort of shudders away from you. So yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't think critical failures do anything more on an attack roll. Like, you just. There are some creatures that get reactions if you get a ah, critical failure, but. This no. is not one of them. So. Yep. Yeah, swing my hammer, reverberate, kind of shake my hand as I imagine the whole force of that reverberates up through my grip. Not only that, but it makes a deafening sound, too, especially inside that tiny cabin. Yep. Uh, let's go from Grim to Celestine. What kind of recall knowledge would this be? Arcana. Yeah, I got no clue. Um, I suppose she'll take a... Uh, well, there's no such thing as five foot step anymore. She will move it's five feet. It's just called a step. Yep. Yeah, she'll move five feet into the room. Okay. She steps. She step, she attack, she protect. Yep. 
<laughs> I will swing. I roll a 15 for a 22. Okay. 22 hits your target. She does five points of damage. You swing your blade in, striking for the center of mass of this thing. As your blade dings off of it to another loud ringing sound. Yeah, okay. Problem. You don't think you even uh, scratched it. It is solid iron. I'm going to try again. Rusty iron, I roll a but still I, solid. I roll a 15, which gets me All a right. 17 after the minus 5. 17 hits your target. Okay, so my Elven Curve Blade is forceful, which means it does something if I hit more than one time in a turn. You add extra damage equal to the amount of damage dice. That will get me 10 points of damage that time. You swing in, this time just sort of taking more of almost a baseball bat stance. It's not exactly something you should be doing in normal combat, but this thing being just sort of an object moving around of its own volition probably warrants it. You strike in, actually scratching across the thing, slicing out parts of it. All right, okay, so hit it real, real hard. Oh, simple solution. <laughs> <laughs> well, if every, you know, every problem starts to look like a cauldron. Anyway, uh, <laughs> sure. we go from Celestine to Astrea. Well, Astrea is up on the roof with her bow out. Just to let you know, you are 10 feet above the thing, technically. I guess I'll attempt to shoot it? Yeah. Yeah, Just straddle the opening and shoot an arrow down at it. Yeah, you absolutely can do that. All right, that gives me a uh, 23. 23 strikes your target. Okay. Knock an arrow, releasing. For six points of damage. You actually hear a penetrating sound of impact as something in the bottom slightly gives out. It's still moving around, though. You're fairly certain you didn't do much to it. Your arrow is now... Well, I'm just (laughs) going to keep shooting that. (laughs) Your arrow is now clinking inside of it, too, creating an extra layer of metal sound. Roll your next (laughs) attack. A 15? A 15 does strike your target. For another five points of damage. Unfortunately, to no effect, as it just bounces out of the interior... So I can only do one point of damage to this thing, and that's if I roll max damage. <laughs> wow. Oh, boy. That uh, damage reduction is bad. You have uh, one action remaining if you'd like to take it. Um, <laughs> Maybe you need to start getting down towards the ground. Yeah, I'm going to start moving off the hut. Okay. Go ahead and make me an athletics check then to start climbing off the hut. Oh, I'm going to fall off the hut. Because <laughs> uh, uh, that's a natural one. And uh, I can in the cauldron. <laughs> oh, God, don't give him that idea. Oh, well, man. She's actually cauldron gets down an the automatic side, grapple. So uh, I assume you're not trying to get down through the middle, right? No, I'm going to go down the outside because I don't want to accidentally fall in the cauldron. <laughs> okay. So in that case, you won't fall into the cauldron, but you do fall off the side. Yeah, I, I, I figured. Ow. You're falling 10 feet, uh, which means you take five points of damage. Estrella's just taking a beating today. Now, if she wants, she can use, if you rule that it's possible, since it's a slope, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, she could use her reaction to grab an edge. Ah, you know what? Yeah, I'd say that that's actually, yeah. So you can use your reaction to grab an edge, which I believe is a reflex save. Reflex save against the climb, DC. Yep. Okay, I'll roll a reflex save. For the other side of the spectrum, I got a nat 20, which will give me a... Dang. 29. Everybody's got my luck today. My chaos luck. 
All right. It is a critical success, so it would normally yes! be a success, so it is a critical success. Which means that you grab the edge or handhold, you take damage from the uh, from a distance fallen so far, but you treat the fall as if it was 30 feet shorter. So okay. if it is a fall of less than 30 feet, ergo take- no damage. Yeah. Nice. So you're able to... Taking less of a beating. <laughs> yeah. You're able to dangle off the side. Do they actually finish falling or do they just not fall and not take damage? If she's falling past an edge or a handhold, you determine how far she falls before she can catch herself. So if she's okay. on the roof and it like slopes down and she catches herself before she falls off the top of the roof. Uh, I think that you basically catch yourself at the edge of the roof. I- I'd say that's fair. I did um, get an at 20 on that. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, however, that is your third action, unfortunately. So at the moment, yeah. you are just kind of hanging off the roof like, uh. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, but really, it's not that much of a fall. It's just that I'm a halfling. Like anybody else, their feet would already be touching right now. <laughs> she's hanging off the back of this the is roof, way so I can't even see her. I think yeah, she just true. jumped off. She was a lot bigger when I was smaller. Anyway. Um, <laughs> woo. All right. From Australia, we go to Clove. <laughs> Clove rages immediately and without thinking because the sound of that hammer hitting the thing and the unnerving feeling of already being in a scary place that wants you to leave, she like instantly rages. Mm. And then she pulls her machete, turns around and hits whatever the heck is behind her, which she doesn't even know fully as a cauldron, as hard as she can. All right. So you rage, pull your weapon, swing. Not today! I roll a 13 for a... Is that Clove saying not today? Yes. Oh, okay. Clove says, not today! I was going to say the B word, but then I didn't. You sound too excited to be disappointed. (laughs) Well, not today, witch! (laughs) Not today, witch! There we go, that's nice. (laughs) Uh, Clove rolls a 20 to hit. She rolls a 13 on the die. All right, a 20 hits your target. Nine points of damage. All right. You swing in with another reverberating metal-on-metal sound. Your blade's still scoring through part of this thing. Dust and other bits of iron debris go filling in the entirety of the hut. Ow, what the heck is this? The thing- uh, it's a cauldron? <laughs> Thanks, Celestine. <laughs> <laughs> it occurs to me that we attacked before it attacked us. Maybe we should have tried diplomacy. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's a cauldron. I thought it lashed out first. I think it just stood up, and then it I immediately start- spun around and hit it with a hammer. <laughs> it really just started well, it spinning. Have surprise. It literally jiggled, and Grim was just like, nope. Which scared me, and I raged, and so now there's no diplomacy, only hitting things. <laughs> Everybody was real tense in this horror situation. I get angry when I'm scared. It's true. Defense Sometimes. mechanism. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. The cauldron cries, and we're like, oh, no, Colby. <laughs> oh, no, Colby. <laughs> we go to make it sad now, Jess. If Ross would know how to play to that emotion real fast with I us. I was just trying to offer you some porridge. <laughs> I think it's mostly mimic. burned out in the bottom now because it's been a while, but it's still there. <laughs> I was just happy to see some people. <laughs> no. <laughs> the thing washes out striking or at least attempting to strike Grim uh, being the one who first disturbed you guess the body quote unquote all right this like immortal witch is gonna come home and be like y'all destroyed my fake body and killed my cauldron it slings out with a 15 <laughs> nope that will bounce off of my thick dwarven armor excellent 
then it will try again. Uh, well, 19? Yeah, I didn't have a chance to raise my shield. Yeah, uh, that'll get back. That's unfortunate. Is it just slamming him? Yeah, it's just sort of running into him, basically. All right, so first of all... All right, it slams in for nine points of damage. Ooh. Oh, the iron just bashing into the side of you. That's a wake up call. You also think it's cut you slightly. The edges are sharpened, probably from years of neglect. Uh, sorry, I, I assumed then. I apologize for that. Is it slashing? Technically, it is bludgeoning. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, not a problem. My I just want to make sure because my my armor does give me a dr against any against slashing weapons. Holy crap! Nice breastplate. Oh, yeah. Doing it right. But no, it does not give me any protection against uh, internal bleeding. No, unfortunately. <laughs> and it against the wall, I should have worn leather. <laughs> <laughs> it will try to attack one more time. We'll see if this right. actually works, though. Uh, no, no. Yeah, no. Does you have anything that triggers on a critical failure? Uh, no, unfortunately. Uh, I do have neither. two different reactions, but neither of them worked here, so. Ah, well then, unfortunately, it just misses as it basically clings against your armor, striking one good hit, but for the most part, just sort of brushing up against you and trying to force you back out of the hut, you think? (laughs) I'll force you out of the hut through this wall. Does Grim look really hurt or does it just look like it kind of just bumped him? Well, let me put it this way. That's that's not half my hit points, so. Yeah. I'm I'm made of hit points. (laughs) Hey. Grim, normally hmm. dwarves hit iron, but now iron's hitting you. <laughs> Why have I not acted yet? That's Did pretty funny. Sophie and Andre? Why? I thought we were friends. <laughs> Celestine thinks she's real funny. <laughs> oh, man. Amaranth, it's your turn. Oh. Amaranth turns around and recalls knowledge on what the heck this thing is and hopefully how to defeat it. All right. My Arcana is a seven. Okay. So, thinking back, this is almost certainly an animated object. Sweet. So you know a few things about it. Primarily that, first of all, it's a construct. Secondly, that it's mindless, which means that they're usually just programmed to do a certain task, um, given a certain set of circumstances. And the last thing that you recall is that they have what's usually referred to as construct armor. Effectively, they have the hardness of the object or of the material that they're made out of. Once they get past a certain health threshold or once a critical hit is made against them, this actually negates that bonus. Okay. As you've mostly broken it, but it's still going to keep animating and moving until such time as you destroy it completely. Oh my, it's an animated object. I haven't seen one. Oh, nope. It's one of the angry ones. One second, everyone. One of the angry ones. (laughs) Australia <laughs> says dangling from the side of the hut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, I So Amaranth gestures out of hand. I was about to say, Amaranth, you are outside of the hut, but you can still actually see the cauldron from here. I figured because there's a door in the way. But uh, Amaranth will gesture a hand out, uh, casting electric arc. All right. So it needs to make a reflex wouldn't be super save. useful against it. Yes. Go ahead and make a reflex save animated object. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can try. It gets a five. It crit <laughs> fails. Oh, that's Take unfortunate. That, son. <laughs> I was hoping for that. Yeah. Going ahead. Doubling and... up. That's uh, six and eight. So that's uh, 14 points of damage. 
Uh, so in this case, I, yeah, no. du- doubling actually means you roll the dice and literally double it. You don't actually roll twice anymore. Oh, okay. In that case, then yeah, so it's... Go ahead and roll once. That's fine. So it's 12 points of damage then, because I rolled two on the first one. Okay, that works. So electricity flies from your outstretched hand, pouring into this thing as you catch it directly. You're guessing at some sort of structural weak point as a loud ringing sound once again reverberates as cracks and spider line fractures appear all over this thing. It still wobbles almost drunkenly, but you think you've actually managed to pierce its armor, and at this point, it should be easier to deal with for the rest of your companions. Okay, I think I've helped. That should make it easier to deal with. Shouldn't you know if you made something easier for us? (laughs) It's been a while since I... Yes, yes, it's been a while since you've done magic and left, like, the library. Aim for the fractures. <laughs> it's where it will be weakest. <laughs> yes, listen to the door. Strike the stress points. All right, so from Amrith, we go back to Grim. Grim will push off of the wall that he was nearly just battered through. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's an almost dwarf-sized impression in the wall behind you. Remembering back to his training, he realized that he made a critical mistake and that the first action should have been to raise his shield, which he will now do. Our <laughs> defense first. It's also been a while for Grim. <laughs> yeah. So he brings up the shield, which uh, with his uh, compact dwarven body is almost hidden entirely behind it as he just kind of swings the hammer up over it. All right. Oh, there she goes. Oh. That would be a perfect 20 for, I believe, an automatic critical hit. Excellent. Excellent. As long as your normal attack would be a success, then it is a critical success. It would be a 26 normally. Yes. So, yes, it is a critical success. If you roll a perfect 20 and miss, we need to leave immediately. (laughs) (laughs) So, going ahead and double your damage. 12 points of damage as I bring the hammer down. You swing the hammer, dropping it at the lip of this thing, bashing through the rest of it as it separates effectively into fists, each part just collapsing to the ground, wiggling slightly as the magic you guess fades from it before the cauldron is still. Thank you for the opening, Amrath. Not a problem. I don't know why you stopped doing that for like 50 years. If I could throw lightning around... Estrella comes running into the room. Is everyone okay? Uh, yeah, you yes. kind of missed the whole thing. Well, no, she she shot arrows into it from above. I appreciate okay, your yeah, help that was as helpful. Well. All right, yeah. Amaranth. You're very rude like this. I need I need you to calm the heck down. Yeah, well, I need to stop being like in danger all the time. And so Clove turns around and starts angrily shoving things in her bag. <laughs> what did you expect to happen in the veil? I mean, I didn't really have a choice. I had to come, and so here I am. Anyway. You're the one who asked us. Okay, I'm not even getting into that. Not even uh, getting into that. You Clove, right, calm down. Clove, if you can find the things that we need. Estrella, would you mind watching over me? I need to pray. Of course. So, Amaranth, when was the last time you know you like you had a beer Ooh. or had fun that didn't involve like a book? Oh, no. I mean, I I had fun teaching art history quite a lot. Okay, that, that has, has to do with doing a that? book. That sounds boring. Well, no. I mean, I went to I went to various poet poetry readings, okay. and I you know pr- produced some of my Something best art. Something fun that doesn't involve like ho- boring stuff, like hoity-toity, <laughs> fancy schooling. You guys are very rude. If that's what he likes, that's what he likes. Clove, uh, you can go ahead and make a perception check too while you're looking around. Because we're gonna show Amaranth how to have fun. 
like you know normal not people. a teacher i rolled a 14 for a 19 i will i will argue that poetry can be a great deal okay. of fun old people yeah no dwarven <laughs> poetry is a lot of fun if you want me to tell you the epic poems of the wars and this quest for sky i definitely can i thought you were praying <laughs> Wow. Actually, according to the rule book, I can spend 10 minutes performing deeds related to my deity, which I believe would be sharing the history of dwarven kind. There you so go. I can actually recite poetry for you for the next 10 minutes as part of my prayers and education. I'm going to dig through this cabinet. <laughs> so I mean, Celestine, I for one would be very interested in that. Celestine pant, pats Amaranth on the shoulder. We're getting a beer at the tavern and talking about stuff that's not art history when we get back, okay? All right. You do realize I've drunk beer, like, all the time. I mean, it's not as good as elven wine, but it's, you know, passable. She she gives you the look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually, think Celestine's I, hitting on Amaranth over here. <laughs> I know. It's not really what I would call beer here. Yeah, validation. <laughs> but whatever you have, I suppose, would be suffice. <laughs> So do you have the good stuff at the orchard? I have been fermenting some fine apple cider for the better part of half a decade. Party at Grimm's place. <laughs> <laughs> the color comes back to close face and she like quietly goes about finding whatever it is. I rolled a 19 to find. So Clove, you find two things of particular interest. Obviously there are plenty of moldering roots and, bits and bobs here and there that for the most part are no longer useful. But there are two things of note. The first, in a small strong box that is unlocked fortuitously, you find a set of scalpels and what's the little, do they call them mallets? Like they hit your like reflex thing. A healer's kit? Yes, basically. Yeah. I, I was just trying to actually describe <laughs> it rather than just yes, saying you and, find a healer's and- kit. And they are called uh, mallets. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, it is mallet. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, it's you a find a, a scal or a scalpel, mallet, tongs, a number of other things that really function quite well as a healer's kit. Power drills Yay. or healer's power tools, drill. rather. In this case, yes, there is yeah. also a power drill. Uh, surprisingly, power drill, bone saw. In case you need to do any orthopedic surgery. No, sadly, <laughs> no batteries. But <laughs> <laughs> they we left those back in Numeria. The other thing you find, strangely, this is actually in the rubble of that chest of drawers you push to actually get into the room. And strangely, also, you think it was originally bolted to the wall here somehow, though obviously not very well since it just fell out of its housing at one point. There's a mummified hand. Um, guys, this the is... Hand of glory. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes, hand of... Our, our first level characters now have a hand of glory. <laughs> uh, there's a very um, creepy hand um, Aww, here. She's, mm. she's, her, the sass has disappeared. Huh? Don't worry about it. You said a hand? Uh-huh, it's right there. She doesn't touch it. She just points at it. It is a mummified hand. Yeah, Estrella walks up and kind of toes it. So first of all, start crawling your foot. Uh, we can go on ahead and do this first real quick. Um, anybody who wants to recall knowledge will do so with society. I can do that real quick. Okay. Uh, I have a seven at that. Okay. I have a five. Okay. Nope. I don't have that. So 
Amaranth, you're able to identify the hand at the very least as belonging to a dwarf once upon a time, or at least very likely belonging to a dwarf. Uh, oh, that's odd. That's a uh, that's a dwarven hand, I, I think. Likely a well, dwarven hand. Well, there are dwarven ruins near here. There would have been dwarves here at some point. So is it magic, or is it just keep kept a weird mummified? dwarven hand for a friend. I mean, I'll blast off and detect magic. It is magical. Oh, hey, I will uh, cast Read Aura. What's that magic on it? So, casting Read Aura on it, the magic in this case is transmutation magic. Hmm. Beyond that, you can't be certain. Well, the hand is some type of transmutation effect. I'd have to spend more time with it to identify it properly. Well, you're welcome to have it. I, I don't want it. You aren't curious about what its effects are? It's a hand... The rotted remains of a leather thong are still attached to the hand, um, pretty much at its wrist. Amaranth will take it as respectfully as possible while still being curious enough to want to know what it makes it tick. I have to pray for the next 10 minutes, so if you want to take 10 minutes to identify it also. Oh, is it? Did they take it down to 10 minutes? Yeah, it's 10 minutes to identify it. Oh, okay, cool. I just take 10 more minutes and identify what I this is. I think Redor is also 10 minutes. Yeah. No, Redor is one minute. Oh, okay, good. So, I, yeah, I spend 10 minutes to identify what this is. I get a plus one to identify magic items, so... Uh, it would be an occult check in this case, though, you, of course, your identifying magical item bonus does apply. Okay, uh, so I have an eight, then, Okay. for occultism, because I smart. Taking a look at this, studying it, of course, trying to your best to recall objects of power from a variety of magical traditions... You know a few things about this. The first is that this is an item often referred to as a hand of the Gladringar. Gladringar, Grimm notes, is dwarven for roughly translated means ritual of toil. Dwarves oftentimes mark the deepest area that they've been or the most impressive mine that they've ever dug or anything like that with a personal mark or seal. Mm-hmm. This magical item is supposed to help with that. As long as you bear it, you can effectively cast the magic spell Sigil in as many times per day as you wish. Well, this appears to be a Hand of Gladrigar. I believe I'm saying that right. I don't speak Dwarven. Gladrigar. Ah, basically it allows you to cast a magic Sigil as many times as you want. Um, I'm not really entirely sure of the cultural significance of that, but that's The Gladrigar is an old Dwarven tradition. A dwarf who explores into mines or digs deeper can make their mark at the lowest point of the mines, showing that they're the deepest, the closest to the heart of the the heart of the earth. And then another person who explores can put their mark as well, but it can never be lower than the person before, and so on and so forth. It's a way that you can come in and see who has come before you and pay your respects while not usurping their glory. Well, and it'd also be a useful tool here in the forest. I mean, if you're not 100% sure where you are, just mark a tree and you with a symbol, and then you have the proverbial trail home. But you have to wear a creepy hand? Well, I don't know if you have to wear it. You just have to use it. It is an invested item. So, yes, you have to wear it. I mean, it's not necromancy, so it's not like anything creepy. It's a creepy hand. It, 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 I mean, it it's is no kind really... of strange. It's a hand. Can I make a dwarven lore check? Is this a tradition of some clan or something in this region? Or uh, yeah. is this something someone else would have made? So I'll go on ahead and... Uh, so what is your dwarven lore? Plus four. 
Okay. Thinking it over, you're not aware of any clans that this is a tradition for. You're aware that this is an item certain explorers have made, um, especially those who aren't proficient in any magical traditions so they can make these marks easily. But Mm. you're not certain of any clans around here that do that. You don't note any particular clans that do that. It's curious, but... Well, it's an interesting item, to say the least. I don't... I, we shouldn't leave it here. No, we should take it with us at the very least. I guess okay. we'll begin making our way towards the said dwarven ruins. Yeah, I'm not sure I want to stay very long in this area. It still gives me the heebie-jeebies. Me Maybe too. one of oh, those things in the yard's another animated object. Stop it, it might be. No, it Those things are about be. as big as I am. I, I I already checked it. It doesn't have any magic on it. I can treat your wounds if you're still hurt, Estrella. No, I'm actually okay. Just a few nicks and cuts. I think I'll be all right. Okay. Well, then I, what time of day is it, Ross? It's gotten... It must, if we traveled six miles and then so, we had the fight with the Drake this morning and... By this time, been, it is late afternoon. You probably have at least a couple more hours left before night falls. I guess we should head towards the ruins and find some place good to set up camp for the evening. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. We have some daylight left. You begin your trek in that direction, and I suppose we'll see what happens to our adventurers when they arrive at the ruins next time. When we find the mad undead dwarf who wants his hand back. Oh, jeez. I know. That's what I'm saying. Right here. Thank you. Well, in that case, carry on. That's in my Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Hollow's Last Hope is copyright 2007. Hollow's Last Hope and the Game Mastery module line are trademarks of Paizo. All Game Mastery images are property of Paizo and used with permission.